Please always consult with your physicians prior to making any changes to your treatment plan. Music is courtesy of Ryan Hamner. Welcome to Living with Scanxiety, the cancer podcast, a podcast geared to help you navigate the pediatric cancer world. As a mother of a child who battled a soft tissue sarcoma for over a year, your host, Rosaria Kozar, understands and will help guide you through your journey. She brings the knowledge of experts, families, survivors, and other organizations tied to the pediatric cancer world to your doorstep. Her mission is to inform, support, and promote hope for you and your family. This is where hope lives. This is where hope thrives. Together as one we Maddie's not alone. And parents like us are not alone. Um, kids truly are so incredibly resilient. Hi, this is Rosaria, and I have with me today Scott Kramer. We're going to focus on something today, and it's control. And I talk about control and mental health go hand in hand. And in one case, what he does through the organization that he is president of, Dancing While Cancering, is offers children and families the ability to make a home away from home in the hospital. So how do we do that? How do we get there? And these are the things we're going to be focusing on in this episode. Also, we're going to be talking about his lovely daughter, Maddie, who was the inspiration behind all of this. Additionally, a little bit about his organization beyond that. And uh, so welcome, Scott, to the show. Thank you for having me. The pleasure's all mine. I'm so excited to jump right into dancing while cancering. So immediately I hear that and I say, okay, it's about dancing while you have cancer. But is that what it's about? Or is it something different? Dancing while cancering in, in many ways is, is bigger than the literal. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's really um, a mindset. And and a symbol for how our daughter Maddie really approached her cancer journey and the way that we hope to support other families. And it's about taking something that is otherwise so dark and so unimaginable and bringing with it a little bit of lightness, a little bit of fun and, and a lot of love and inspiration to try to help carry through and we were blessed to watch our daughter Maddie do that effortlessly and really just give us the the tools and the inspiration to follow her through her cancer journey and as part of honoring her um, we had no doubt that we wanted to provide that same same symbolic and emotional gift to, to other families and how do you go about doing that? So our our sole mission at Dancing While Cancering is to bring joy inside the hospital for kids with cancer. And the, the primary way we do that is through our, our smile packs. <laughs> awesome. That sounds great. I, I, I smile thinking of them. They are uh, they're <laughs> amazing. They're these bright, beautiful neon green backpacks that are reserved for newly diagnosed patients only. And it's for newly diagnosed pediatric cancer patients only. 
and inside is all items to help really transform the room itself. Things like uh, a wireless speaker, there's room decorations like streamers and paper disco balls, there's musical instruments for the, for the little kids that comes with maracas and a tambourine, <laughs> for the older mm-hmm. kids there's a harmonica, for the older kids we include a, a swell water bottle so that instead of using the stale plastic pitchers and paper cups that they have a nice bright green water bottle that they can walk around and feel cool and normal with. And a note that accompanies each and every smile pack that is from me and my wife, Pammy, that really intends to serve as a gentle reminder for the families um, when they're at that moment, that, that rock bottom moment of diagnosis, that while there's so much in their life that they don't control, a reminder that that room is still their room and they still control the way they live and they still control that as parents, they're able to provide their kids. And in, in our heart of hearts, in many ways, that's, that's really the real gift of the smile pack and that real broader meaning of dancing while cancering that, that control that you alluded to. And the, the idea that, you know, we don't always control the music that life plays for us, but that we still control the way we dance to it. I, I like the metaphor you used. Is that how you came up with the name? Yeah, it's um, in every which way, dancing while cancering, and even the, the meaning and feeling of that quote uh, is an extension of Maddie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me about her. Maddie, Maddie was amazing amazing. Um, she continues to be amazing, albeit in different ways, but uh, she was a spunky, hilarious, <laughs> funny, smart, and beautiful two-and-a-half-year-old little girl. Um, healthy, happy, amazing. Loved princesses, loved Disney, <laughs> and loved doing anything but sitting still. <laughs> and uh, she was she was diagnosed at two and a half years old, really out of, out of nowhere. Um, as, as is often the case for a lot of families who experience this disease, Maddie's diagnosis came about in an emergency. So we, we, and what was it? We had, it was in April of 2017. Maddie had experienced about, about a week of cold symptoms and pain in her neck, uh, which, on a handful of doctor's visits, actually including one emergency room visit, where consensus was that she just had um, swollen lymph nodes, that a cold had, that the viral process, the cold that she had was causing her lymph nodes to swell and therefore causing some residual pain in her neck. Um, On April 20th of 17, she started to show rashes on her hands and our pediatrician said, you know, out of an abundance of caution, why don't you go to the emergency room one more time? Uh, There is a rare disorder called Kawasaki disease that's associated with hand rashes and neck pain. He says, I don't think that's what it is, but just go to be safe. So, I mean, we really, as I think so many of us have an opportunity to do at some point in our parental careers, we went to the emergency room not thinking anything was wrong. It was like a a check the box. 
Maddie, I can still picture it. She, she walked in, she had a juice box in one hand. She had her animal crackers in the other lion guard was playing on the waiting room television. It was just sort of a normal night that we uh, thought we were going to be in and out. And I put Maddie on the scale at triage when they called her name. Um, and when I put her down, her legs buckled under her. Oh, and I'm so sorry. That was, that was sort of the moment that you knew this was not any other night. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking up at the nurse's face and you just had the sinking feeling that something else was going on. And uh, that something else, there was actually a lot of ambiguity about it throughout the night. Um, different camps having different theories and sometime around midnight turned to April 21st at midnight. Those dates as parents who've uh, walked this walk are always sort of embedded in our, our brains. And uh, oh, yeah. around midnight, they found uh, a growth that was covering inside of Maddie's spinal cord. Um, the length of four levels of her spinal column. And uh, the only option, the only option that we were presented with that night was a risky emergency surgery to try to remove whatever this growth was uh, in hopes uh, to save Maddie's life. And um, literally the best case scenario that was uh, presented to us in front of this MRI image at probably at that midnight time period was uh, if Maddie were to survive the surgery, that her best case scenario would be months of inpatient physical rehab in hopes that she might walk again. Um, and in true Maddie form, and transitioning to that question of uh, who was Maddie, not only did she survive her surgery, but against all of those prognoses, uh, within within two weeks, she was back to running, jumping, dancing, smiling, laughing, as if nothing had ever happened. Um, a true true medical miracle. And uh, um, unfortunately, um, her journey wouldn't end at that sort of miracle of, of survival. Uh, the, the actual growth that they removed successfully in the surgery was this rare form of cancer, this ATRT. And uh, what would accompany it was uh, an extremely rigorous chemotherapy protocol. It was a 52-week chemotherapy protocol um, that was very much of a level of intensity that was commensurate with the level of intensity of the disease. Um, but uh, Maddie, Maddie tackled her her cancer the the same way that she lived her pre-cancer life. And it was with that same dose of innocence and dancing and being able to do anything but sit still. I'm so sorry that I don't, I, 
I feel like every time I talk to a parent that's lost a child, it's you say, oh, I'm so sorry that you lost your child. But it it should go deeper than that. And um, like you said, she's still here in essence because you've taken her happiness that she always had and her spunk, so to speak, and you're utilizing that to help other kids. So in terms of what you offer for children, what are the age ranges and how can they get a bag? Yeah, so um, we worked very closely with our child life specialist friends here in Chicago where Maddie was treated. And we made sure to make an effort that the smile packs would really be curated for each individual age group. So we have we have uh, a separate smile pack for zero to four years old, for five to nine, and for ten to eighteen, and they all have these nice little differences that are are age appropriate, and and make sure that um, as as we all can appreciate the needs of a, the needs of a two year old are different than the needs of a thirteen year old, and and we wanted to be mindful of that. Um, but we also wanted to make sure that there was uniformity within each age group so that the the three-year-old down the hall doesn't get something different than their three-year-old neighbor. Because um, uh. <laughs> for, for someone who uh, had siblings with Maddie, had a uh, little sister, Lily, <laughs> we know how not getting the same toy goes, so... <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but they all get the same color backpack, right? They do. Yeah, we, we, we made sure we went with a nice, a nice gender neutral, bright, positive neon green and felt like it's, uh, it's smile worthy. <laughs> and there's a little bit of uh, green means go. But uh, on top of it, what's pretty cool and not by design, but right around the time that we launched Dancing While Cancering, uh, Maddie's oncologist had uh, taken on a new pair of glasses. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. His glasses went from sort of just uh, just the dark black rimmed glasses like you'd expect sort of a doctor to wear to these bright neon green <laughs> glasses that matched the smile packs. And it was so, it was so perfect and so funny. And he now, he now tells people that the smile packs are green because of his glasses. <laughs> I don't think the <laughs> order went that way, but I love the story. So I think if memories yeah. are allowed to change over time, I'm sure yeah. in five years or so, I'll be saying that believing that that's actually how it went down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that sounds like that. Um, kids get a lot out of that. And you have the two books and 100% of the profits of these books also go towards research. Is this right? Sure. Yeah. So we wrote two books um, in Addie's honor and in many ways, each sort of characterize a different step along the journey. And Maddie's Miracles is the first is the first book, which tracks Maddie's story from uh, diagnosis in April of 17 through her passing in January of 18. Uh, but uh, in every which way, Maddie's miracles is 
in no way, shape, or form a book about cancer. Uh, cancer is the backdrop to what was Maddie's true uh, inspirational purpose and, and, and really gift, which is how do we walk through trauma? And maybe more appropriate for Maddie, how do we dance through trauma? And uh, she did that through her healthy dose of, of inspiration, dancing, and, and, and a fair amount of Daniel Tiger and Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a beautiful story, I think. While it might resonate on an added level for anyone touched by cancer, I think anyone who's endured any form of life trauma would uh, would find the her stories and her legacies extremely meaningful and touching. We donate a hundred percent of the royalties that we receive as authors to cancer charities. There's always a portion reserved for dancing while cancering, but um, we really revolve around different charities uh, across the country. We currently have a standing ten percent donation to a research partnership between St. Baldrick's and American Cancer Society. As uh, last year, they they launched uh, one of the largest, one of its kind, uh, pediatric cancer research initiatives among multiple organizations. So we, we support them along with a number of organizations along the way. The, the second book that we wrote in Maddie's honor is called The Miracles That Follow. And the miracles that follow starts off uh, from the date of Maddie's passing, moving forward through the creation of Dancing While Cancering. And in the same way that I think that Maddie's miracles shines a light on pediatric cancer and shares this inspirational core that only families who have endured could could otherwise know. The miracles that follow um, really attempts to shine a light on sort of another conversation that is difficult for the outside world to have, which is the endurance of loss and uh, most uniquely the loss of a child. And as the title suggests and what, I continue to feel deeply in my soul is that uh, death is not the end. And one of the ways that that is possible is through the power of legacy and the power of memory and the, the meaning and concept behind the miracles that follow just as Maddie's journey brought its own miracles, that those miracles continue to follow in the form of all that we try to do and in her memory and it's been a beautiful journey i mean while not one that i would ever choose and while i would uh, give everything within me to have her sleeping upstairs right now while we're having this conversation and sharing the amazement that was her survival while I'm pained forever that that is not her story, I'm equally proud and filled with so much purpose and meaning that 
her story continues and the impact that she has had and, and will continue to have. I, you know, I, we all have an end date and it's something that we do or do not think about as much as we should. And Maddie in many ways is sort of that front and center reminder of something we might hear so much growing up, but until it hits home, you don't, you don't give it all the fuel that it needs, which is that uh, our time on this earth is, is not necessarily marked by the years that we put into our life, but the life that we put into those years. And Maddie, despite uh, passing at the age of three and a half, I think in many ways is going to live uh, a lot longer than I will. And it's a pretty amazing thing. Uh, I just love your mission. I love Dancing While Cancering and how you even explain how Maddie was so strong. And a lot of people use the word strength and you're like, oh God, I hate that word. I hate that word. But it wasn't strength for her. It was the dancing for her. I, I think that there is something about the mental approach of kids and their innocence mm. that is so incredible and conducive to resilience. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I say a lot that uh, kids are a hell of a lot better at this grief thing and this trauma thing than we are as adults. And part of the reason is the thing that makes us adults and supposedly more, more mature and more amazing is our mind. But that same mind is the thing that crushes us because what do we do? Uh, as, as the name of your podcast so eloquently says, what do we do when we're faced with trauma? We think about, we think about the past. We think about the future. We hold and feel that scanxiety. And kids don't do that, especially mm-hmm. little kids. You know, Maddie, when she felt good, she played. And when she didn't, she didn't. And it was that simple. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. many ways, that's sort of the essence of mindfulness and presence that we adults pour thousands of hours and 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 apps into trying mm-hmm. to achieve. And kids do it effortlessly. They do, they do. Is there anything, because for the sake of time, that you would like to add? And I just want to, before I say that, Dancing World Cancering, I have all the links, and they'll be up on my website, which is www.livingwithscanxiety.org backslash show notes. And all of his links will be up there for you to click on, go check out and see. So with that, do you have any last comments that you would like to make to a parent, including how do you get a backpack? Yeah, I, I think a, a, a few sort of concluding thoughts. And the first is that um, Maddie's not alone. And parents like us are not alone. Um, kids truly are so incredibly resilient. And I think one of the, one of the neat ways to um, absorb that inspiration and feel the goodness that not just Maddie brought into the world, but the other kids and families we support uh, is checking out uh, our Instagram page. 
and our vision and hope behind it, which is to share some of this light that that these amazing kids and families have to to share with the world. Every every Sunday, uh, we share uh, a story of a different family and how that child uh, are hashtag battle with joy. And the goal is to share a new creative example of what they're doing to bring those moments of joy inside the hospital. And I never cease to be amazed at the amazing way that families are facing their moment and bringing their dancing to their cancering experience. And so for other families who have endured or are enduring, um, I think it's a really wonderful way to share. And we'd be honored to share your story and otherwise to, to be there for other families who are going through it now and mm-hmm. to throw some love their way and remind them how amazing they are. So that's our, our page at, at Dancing While Cancering. I think otherwise in terms of the smile packs themselves, um, what we really love doing where possible is connecting with the hospital itself and mm-hmm. being able to meet and get introduced to, even if it's over email, the child life specialist at the hospital. Because when we partner with a hospital, our commitment is to provide enough smile packs for every newly diagnosed pediatric cancer patient at that hospital. So we started in October of 18, uh, just at Lurie Children's, which is the hospital in Chicago where Maddie was treated, really with no, no goals other than to give back where Maddie was treated um, and to give back to a place that gave so much to her. But today, uh, on the strength of, of people sharing Maddie's story and on the strength of the need for these resources of joy, uh, we're now delivering smile packs to uh, to 17 hospitals across 11 states. And um, it's a privilege, and we would welcome the opportunity to connect with other hospitals out there and other child life programs so that we can bring the smile packs to you. But otherwise, um, individually, feel free to connect. If uh, someone sends a message to the Dancing While Cancering Instagram page, it'll be me on the other end. So feel free to shoot mm-hmm. a note there. There's also a contact us page at uh, at our foundation site, dancingwhilecancering.org. That's dancingwhilecancering.org. And again, it's uh, it's just me and my wife. So there's no there's no overhead and there's no employee answering the email. It's uh, it's just uh, so feel free to shoot a note and know it's uh, a friendly friendly hand typing on the other end that's good that's good well thank you so much for joining me thanks for having me really thank you for all that you do um, to help other families going through um, these otherwise unimaginable experiences thank you so much thank you for tuning in to living with scanxiety please subscribe to hear more informative discussions like today's music is courtesy of ryan hamner 